Geek Top 5 Quarantine Edition. Yay! There was time now. There was, was all the time I needed. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this is our 100th episode. Away. Uh, wow, those air horns sounded amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us for our 100th episode. is one of our very special friends of the show, uh, here to help us do something a little bit different. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Zub. Master yeah. of the air horn. This is where you <laughs> insert more air horn noise. Like, I'm just hitting the air horn, like, 20 times. It's so good right now, guys. Oh, my God. All right. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> we get, Jim's here, the, the king of comic book D&D, one of the co-writers of Tony Stark Iron Man recently, and the current steward of the long-running Conan the Barbarian comic book, Mr. Jim Zub. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. I'm uh, Did I miss here. anything? I mean, there's always stuff. There's stuff going on. It's good. I got all kinds of good projects on the go. Yeah, Conan the Barbarian is probably the biggest one right now. Wrapped up Stranger Things and Dungeons and Dragons recently. And I have more stuff to come in 2021. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Writing a comic book or two, sure. (laughs) At least at any particular point, I have one or two underway, yes. All right. Yeah, so for our 100th episode, we're going to try something never before attempted on, uh, maybe not any podcast, but certainly on this (laughs) podcast. It's a top five list lightning round. We went out to the fans and some former guests and got uh, suggestions for top five lists, and our wonderful guest host is going to throw out some some list ideas from the the ones we compiled, and Jesse and I are going to scramble to put together a top five list for that. Just because we do it here, I just want to put this caveat on things, doesn't mean we're not going to delve into it in a full episode at some point. You know, some of these are too good to to pass up on a longer list where we actually have time to research. But so that's uh, that I don't know, man. I mean, this is like everything we say on the show is 100 percent objective. If it's, <laughs> you know, if it's if it's said, it's written, it's in stone, it's on the tablet. It's It's going to be hard to chisel off there. It's true. These but, lists are, I expect only the best from you in real time. I got to tell you anything, <laughs> anything less than that. I will be just disgusted. Uh, you know, I, I expect just the height of, of analysis and geekdom from, <laughs> from this pair. Yeah. Well, I hope you, uh, you call us out if we get anything wrong, which we won't, but if we do, I hope you're here <laughs> to, to stem the tide of hate mail that I'm sure well, we would what get. What I will do is I'm going to, I'm going to follow the list a little bit and then maybe, maybe I'll riff a little, we'll do a little bit of smooth jazz, uh, come up with some, some, uh, improv and figure out some topics that you'll never, ever get. And okay. that I'm really excited about as well. So first off, why don't I just jazz one right off the top here? So I'm not even going to look at the list until after you answer me this one. Oh, no. uh, top five movies that deserve air horns. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, deserve air horns. Uh, Clarifying point. Is it okay if they already have air horns? So they just, we sure. just give them more. Absolutely. All right. Well, then, I mean, I'm starting off with both Mighty Ducks. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Saving Private Ryan. 
<laughs> what particular part of Saving Private Ryan? I feel like anytime a limb blows off, it should be accompanied <laughs> with an air horn. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did two different directions with that <laughs> one. Uh, that was special. All so right. do I want to make my list more like yours? Should I say the Joker? <laughs> uh, almost too appropriate in the Joker, Ooh. maybe. Yeah, actually, yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> Too Many how- Ducks, Saving Private Ryan, the Joker, and what's the fifth one, Grim? Uh, Godzilla. Which Godzilla? Oh, Let's good go point. The original one, the the like go, the the classic one with like Raymond Burr. Maybe anytime right. they've edited. Uh, an English-speaking scene into the movie. You throw in some air horns. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. I, I'd say those are relatively <laughs> definitive answers. Uh, <laughs> off the cuff, I uh, I appreciate your moxie, uh, sir, yeah. and I think that's uh, that's all right. Yeah, maximum pressure. Something something makes diamonds. We're doing great. Yeah. That's right. All right. So now I'll actually look at the list again and uh, right. pull one out. Well, you know, given given my. Uh, my occupation and nom de plume and all that sort of stuff. Why don't we do an, a comic book themed one here? So top five um, X-Men storylines. All right. Well, it's okay. hard. I mean, I, I don't know if should we put them in an order or just throw them out there and maybe organize them after. And you don't have time. You got to start, start naming things. We'll figure it out. Go, go, go. Lightning Dark round. Phoenix. It's got to be Dark Phoenix. Okay, I want to do what's the what's with what Krakoa and the introduction of like the second wave of them. Uh, all new, all different X Men. I think you could call it that. All right, I mean, yeah, that one. Even more specifically, Giant Size X Men number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew I could count on you. <laughs> okay, that one. Um, uh, I mean, it, and this is something that I think Jesse will agree with. Uh, but we may be showing our age because it's like I feel like if you were older than us when it came out you were rolling your eyes at it but age of apocalypse is like near and dear to my heart age of apocalypse is real good for sure that's on there um i really liked house of m i I don't know if that's embarrassing top five already and it's so soon i mean it's possible i'm not saying it's not i'm just kind of curious i really liked house of m i mean i'm a sucker for weird like what if scenarios anyway like i love crossovers i love alternate timelines hence age of apocalypse Uh, house of m is up there for me i also don't want to be boring like i just i don't i don't it gets tiresome when I read all these top lists, which I do frequently. And, it, you know, you can predict what the top lightning round. Go, go, go. Okay, okay, fine. Days of Future Past. All right. Okay. All right. And, and uh, Cross Time Caper by, from Excalibur. Does that count? <laughs> Cross Time Caper. Wow. All right. Deep cut. I like it. I like it. That's no, good. It shouldn't good. be, though. It's great. It is great. I'm just, I, it's a surprising choice, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I've been uh, rereading like Excalibur off and on lately. Yeah, so you enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it falls off a bit of a cliff when uh, Claremont and Davis leave, but I'm hoping it builds itself back up. Yeah, it definitely goes through uh, sort of a, a tumultuous kind of rise and fall on that stuff. But the, yeah, the Alan Davis stuff is so killer. It's so killer. Incredibly, just, uh, incredibly good. All right. So we'll call that a pseudo definitive <laughs> list. Do you um, think, did, what did, we, what did we miss that would be on your list? Ooh, that's a hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think Fall of the Mutants is okay. pretty high up there. I think that's a real seminal kind of story. That one would definitely be in my rundown for sure. 
Um, you know, there are others, but I think, it, you know, I think you covered it pretty well. I think uh, there's some good stuff in there. I'm, I'm not displeased at this point. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find ways to displease me in the, in the future. All right. That's a let's, up from a guy in the know. That's yeah, right. Let's can... hit up uh, um, top five animated series. Ooh, Sophie's wow. choice. So broad. So okay. Broad. I mean, 90s Batman. Like, that's I hard to for... beat. It's I mean, a, if the first thing that, that, yes, it is great. And, and that whole run, I, I mean, there was, again, we were talking about sales before we started recording, but I got the, when the DC fandom was going on, I got that whole series to show to my kid and he's, you know, he's three. So it's, it's a little above him, but we have watched a few episodes and it's, it holds up really well. And you're analyzing it in front of him. You're like, this is some real pathos here. Yeah, yeah. Here's where it differs from the comic books. <laughs> uh, X Men animated series also has to be up there because it's like that. That was sort of my entry point into comic books. I was watching that show, and then I got so into it. It's it, it's like so such a grand thing. Like if you get to know me, there's sometimes where I just glom onto something and I have to know everything about it. And so at lunchtime other kids would come and ask me questions about X-Men and I'd have all the answers. Like for a while there were, there were stickers around bubble gum of, of X-Men stuff and people would come and be like, who's this character? Who's this character? And it was like the greatest time of my life. <laughs> Question for you. Is the show as good if you're, if without the theme song, like how much of it is the, have you ever seen the Japanese opening? Cause it's just going to say that theme song. And it's but pretty it, amazing. <laughs> the animation that it's so good. The animation in that intro almost makes the rest of the show look bad in comparison because they they completely redid the the intro for the show, and it's it's amazing. It is. So ridiculous. that's a yes. It's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what else? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, oh, I, we did I a whole episode about it, so we have to have it on here. But Venture Bros. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Venture Brothers for sure. We love the Venture Brothers. You can go back and check out a whole episode of that in our archives. That is Adult Swim at its finest. Like, that is distilled sort of humor, sort of that dystopian failing up humor for our generation. (laughs) I mean, even probably a generation before us, if we're really, some of the references in there are are, uh, before our time for sure, but they're they're still very good. Uh, I, I just noticed we've got the Batman animated series, we've got the X-Men animated series, the Spider-Man animated series from that era doesn't seem to get the same love that those two did. And I don't I know wonder- if it's as good. It, I mean, how can you keep up with the 60s Spider-Man series? Really? <laughs> There's that. It's a tough act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the eighties, uh, Spider-Man, a dovetail. And his with, amazing uh, friends. And amazing yep, friends. Yep. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to veto Spider-Man on this list. Sorry just, guys. Um, I'm going to sort of shift us over, a, not that far, but a little bit to the left. I'm going to say the the early 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that is Saturday morning TV. Uh, you know, it's a little yeah. different from WB's Batman, but that is uh, perfection. Oh, perfection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, all right, all right. It is hard to beat. You know, like episodic, but sometimes with small, like two or three episode arcs. Uh, like solid animation, solid comedy, a fair amount of quality. Solid control. animation. I think you might want to go back and rewatch some of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't rewatch it all 
all the time. All right. I'm saying like the pizza mobile set that has the whole series in it. I (laughs) I have not watched all of it, but I've got it. I'm just saying, compare it to like Transformers where half the time they're the wrong colors. Like, you know, like, like Turtles is a step up from that stuff. I mean, and I love the Transformers, but like that wasn't a great cartoon. All right. What other ones are on your list here? We've, gotta say the simpsons i mean it's the longest running one of the longest running tv shows of all time and those first eight to ten years are gold <laughs> sounds yeah. so crazy those first eight to ten years <laughs> are gold. Work. That's it's, right. it's weird saying that eight that to ten years is decade. only one third yeah but it's only one third of the entire series it's terrifying but, yeah. All right, so we're looking at a list of Simpsons, X-Men, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Venture Brothers. There you go. That's That sounds like a solid top five. Not bad. Not bad. You know, I feel like, like I can quibble on where here. Jim... I know uh, something about where Jim's coming from as far as... Uh, well, you, you are an animation professor, but I, I have sure. to wonder, is the lack of Japanese representation a problem? See, or that's what I was going to say. Is it a separate list? I think were you thinking I, separate? I automatically assumed separate. I in my head there is a clear delineation between cartoons and anime. Wow. Well, he did say animated series, right? I did. Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But you've also, I think, uh, I actually think Avatar: The Last Airbender is a stellar show. I think it's really, really well done. I think it's one of the best so, bits of TV animation that has been put together in in recent memory. Now that, uh, and that's an interesting pull because I think to a layperson that would count as anime, but I know that to the the hardcore true anime believers, since it's not made in Japan, it doesn't count, right? That's right. That's where I come from. That's where I failed you, Jim, because I absolutely loved that in his anime. It did occur to me, that. but I felt like, no, no, that's not for this list. That's something separate. And maybe that'll come up depending on the submissions we have on there later. So clearly... Jump into the top five anime. Is that what we should yeah. be doing next? Then <laughs> I All don't right. know. Do you guys? Do you guys feel like you have a depth and breadth on there to go for it? I've seen at least five animes. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm a little better, but uh, yeah. There All is right. a now. I'm really curious where you're going on this one. I I kind of want to throw Graham to the wolves and say, Graham, you first. <laughs> All right. Well, Cowboy Bebop. I know I'm not going to lose any cred for that. That's a good yep. choice. Solid, That's a good solid. one. It's a good, good, uh, good one. Kept kept yourself alive there. Good job. Yes. Similar vein. I'm going to follow up with Trigun. I loved Trigun. Yeah, I think oh, it's no. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I get. I guess we should be doing a better job of like explaining what these are, especially some of the anime stuff might get a little esoteric, as it were. But so Cowboy Bebop is uh, space- anime Firefly. Yeah, <laughs> space cowboys, but slightly less cowboy and all slightly more noiry. And uh, noiry, yeah, I, I stand by that. Who all came right. first in like chronological like production order? Was it the oh, bad guy cowboy from Cowboy Bebop? Bebop? Well, cowboy I mean, Bebop. between like, specifically the characters, the bad guy from Cowboy Bebop or Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII? Because oh, in my no. head, they're both. No, Final Fantasy VII came first. Yeah, okay. At the, hmm, interesting. <laughs> All right, well, this is a conversation that's gone so far above my head, I, I don't even, I can't even <laughs> see it anymore. Yeah, another Amazing. list, I guess. All right, Cowboy Bebop, Anime Firefly, there's a cute dog. 
What's Trigun? Trigun is Vasha the Stampedo. Um, also, not as West. helpful a description as you might think it was. <laughs> I, I, there are people listening to this who just clapped their hands and went, yes. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's also kind of westerny, but um, guy, blonde guy in a red coat who's a walking disaster and gets into crazy over the top anime fights with supervillains. And then, it, and then because it's anime in the last like two episodes, it turns out it was aliens all along. It was that guy, but hey, he's he's not wrong. Actually, it's, it's, it's uh... <laughs> no, no, I I do like Trigun. Listen, that's a positive for me. But yeah, it does get weird <laughs> towards the end. It does. It does. It's true. I again feel like I have to say Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, and I don't think that'll hurt my cred. Yeah, you're good. You're you're hitting all the very solid safe choices. I like it. You know. It's... <laughs> You're covering, some... you're covering your ass pretty good on these ones. Right <laughs> Especially considering uh, how I said for the X-Men one, I didn't want to pick the easy, obvious choices. Yeah, so yeah you're I'm just really... going, you know, baseline yeah. hits every single one here. You're just like, okay, yeah, I know this will not get me thrown out. Uh, I'll go with that. Yeah, it's... The, this show is about sad teenagers who pilot big robots and fight weird giant aliens in uh, future Tokyo. And uh, it gets really weird and oh, yeah. philosophical by the end. And and for a while there, every April Fool's Day, they would announce that they were making some live action movie <laughs> or something just to make the fanboys lose their collective minds. So, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was yeah. one. Like, I've never been I, I was not a big anime guy, but I remember flipping through Wizard magazine and they did this one in their, their like back section where they listed how much all the comic books ever made were worth. They would have these boxes. And that was the only reason I flipped through that. The catalog was to read whatever these little boxes were each week. And it would be like weirdest supervillains ever or greatest creators ever. But there was one where it was like, uh, if you like this comic book, you'll like this anime. And. They said, if you like X-Men, you'll like Neon Genesis Evangelion. And having watched that show, I don't really see the connection, but that yeah, that was what... that was a bald face lie. They <laughs> they did that to do cross promotion. Those two things have very little to do with each other. Marvel was greasing their palms right there. That's how that was going. Yeah. But it, it, it worked. I was at like a, a house where there was an older kid who had the show on VHS, and I like he was gone and it was like i was the only kid there and so they like set me up in his room and i just watched the first i don't know three four five episodes on vhs and that's when the show is at its most understandable i think (laughs) it's most understandable still (laughs) vaguely following a story and plot yes yes exactly yeah and i i really enjoyed it and so i mean maybe wizard was onto something (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with X-Men, but yeah, it's a fun show. <laughs> sure. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Did we get five there? We've got, um, uh, no, we got Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, and Evangelion. We need two more. Um, oh I'm going to throw out one that I think isn't one of the classic. Honestly, I have no idea what people who actually know anime think of this, but I was obsessed with Death Note for a long time. Wow. I like the manga better. But I really like that anime. Um, I like it because it's different. Um, but I also really liked the performances. I really liked the soundtrack. And I really liked the story. Uh, I think I got to toss it over to Jim. So like, as somebody in the know, is that like... 
Like, I mean, is I, that... On a top list, I don't know that it's like top of my list or whatever. I thought it was really amusing when I read the manga originally. It gets, uh, it kind of wore out as welcome because uh, it, it sort of feels like it had a really cool idea in the first volume or two in the first handful of episodes. And then it just kind of, like like some anime do, it just starts to really heavily repeat itself. Like it doesn't know where to yeah. go. But uh, yeah. Even when it was written like in the books, it, it went on for three or four books too long for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the curse of a lot of these different uh, uh, you know series where they're like, "This is awesome." Okay, we got to squeeze every last little bit of blood out of this thing while we still can. Right, yeah. Yeah. but Death Note, the uh, God, the I mean, it's a lightning round. I don't want to have to do all these origin stories, but essentially, sure. kid with a magic notebook uh, that can kill people um, <laughs> sets himself up as like a god of crime and punishment to try and you know, terrify the world into not committing crimes anymore. He's pitted against like an eccentric Japanese Sherlock Holmes character. They figure out they're pretty sure who each other are almost initially. And then it's the cat and mouse game for a long time of trying to get the other guy to slip up. Uh, it's a blast. I love how they do it. In the, I mean, again, I like the books better, but the show lets you do things like the way they flip the color scheme to when they're doing the internal monologue. Mm-hmm. And they have like these these really cool effects that they do with it. It's just it's a really fun way to watch really boring stuff, frankly. Like you see <laughs> some like like it's him writing in a notebook, but it is the most epic, dramatic writing in a notebook you have yeah. ever seen in your they life. They get that soundtrack roaring and you're like, oh, yeah. oh drama. Yeah. And he writes like the last character of the letter and rips the pencil across the page. Like it's it's pretty great. I mean that's I the great thing about anime is they can make everything from cooking to, you know, just poetry sound like the most epic stuff ever they just go off in in, yeah. in in wild displays so i know shaggy loves reading manga and when watching animes that are of the most bizarre topics like mm-hmm. like chef academies or like a dog grooming spa and they, they're, <laughs> they're just filled with romance and drama and who knows what yeah my buddy uh, derek I, was telling me all about one that's about a uh a woman who's a radio DJ and she's basically getting out all of her angst on the radio and she great gets a huge fandom. And that's the, that's the show. It's all about <laughs> being a radio DJ on a college campus or something. What a like, strange concept, getting all your angst and things you're upset about out <laughs> on the air for other people. To, I can't imagine people who would <laughs> do anything like that. That's, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Anyway, that's four. Uh, so I we need one more. <laughs> I read a little bit of Death Note and I watched some of the series. There's, I, I, there's like a weird thing with me where I'll I'll start uh, an anime and and just sort of peter out on it at some point and and probably a lot sooner than I should have. Um, but I think like Cowboy Bebop may be the only one I've watched all the way through, which is probably throwing my credibility. Oh, yeah, with your this credibility season. just went right out the <laughs> window on that. So one. you're not pitching a number five, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I can pitch a bunch. Like I I, I really enjoyed, and, but the problem is. It occurs to me, we don't have Speed Racer, we don't have Astro Boy, mo- probably most importantly, Dragon Ball or Sailor Moon, and and I don't think either of us would put those on this list. The thing that's coming to my mind is Samurai Champloo, which is by the Cowboy Bebop guys. Uh, they Instead of having like a jazz theme to it, it's a hip-hop theme, and it's just like a very quirky samurai show, and I, I really enjoyed that. It is very good. Yeah, you're stacking the deck on the cow on Team Bebop here. Sorry, yeah, it's uh, fun. It's I, good. I, it's, I it's want a, it's to a top put five list. That's then I, you, you do what you got to do. I I want to put Loop in the third on there because I've gotten like way into 
the Lupin mythology of like the real character through that Netflix show and, and just the books are public domains. So or I want to read some of those and say, I love the concept of it, but I've only seen castle. What is it? Castle of Cogliastro, Castle of Cogliastro, which is great, which is like the best of the movies. So you're kind of at the top there, which is I, sort but of I good, saw but... that years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I saw the first episode of the TV series, which nice. is not good. And like weirdly, I mean, I guess it's not, too out of line to say like anime can have weird sex stuff, but that one really, <laughs> really did. It goes for it. It goes for it. Yeah. 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 They do not uh, hold back. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, so what, what are our big omissions, Jim? Uh, I mean, no, you, you know, Sailor Moon should probably be in there. Like I was saying, you know, I, as much as Dragon Ball is not my thing, it is super crucial to that kind of the history of anime and stuff like that. I think, um, you know, uh, Gundam, like uh, Mobile Suit Gundam right. is, is you know, absolutely kind of crucial to the history of the medium and all that kind of stuff really sets the template for all these kinds of things. But you know what? Not bad. Uh, again, I feel like your choices are, are, are uh, acceptable. <laughs> I'll take Let's it. Put, I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. Well, nice. All right, that's four lists. Let's keep going. Lightning round. All right, uh, five reasons why Riker is the best. <laughs> Only five? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I'm, I mean, like, it's, I don't know if this is PC to say, but the way he conquers chairs, like, <laughs> I know it's not supposed to be like that, but it is just, it, 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 that is a power move. That is an alpha move on his part. Mm-hmm. That's up there. Uh, All right. It's amazing. Like he in one fell swoop and demonstrates how powerful a beard can be. And I, I think that's <laughs> important. Like the the one season with no beard to season two where he has the beard and, and the quality of the show still doesn't reach its peak in season two, but it's a vast improvement over season one. And it, it, it all comes <laughs> and, back. And you beard. attribute it to the beard specifically <laughs> there is a character transformation at that point and a visible sign of it is the beard he's also a much more interesting much like he's much less of a weenus in season two frankly <laughs> season weenus. one Riker. <laughs> i don't know but the beard marks is up some serious growth for him weenus is a, is a term i was not expecting to hear today <laughs> yeah, hey, here a- on geek top five we're breaking out all the latest greatest so uh all right I guess number three is yours, Jess. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with the our first hit of Captain Riker and Best of Both Worlds. That oh. m- the the mo- I mean, even before he's officially promoted to captain, but it's oh no, Picard's on the Borg cube. He's a bad guy now. What are we going to do about that? Riker, dramatic six second camera pan, fire, just blow him up. We got to do what Good. we got to do. Amazing. To be continued. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> One of the best moments of that show <laughs> is Riker saying, I know Picard's over there, but F it. We're blowing up the cube. But he doesn't because, you know, because there has to be the rest of the show. But still, great moment. Uh, nice. I will I will go with he has a – oh, now I'm torn. It just something else occurred to me. But Okay. He, as a character, has appeared on – and basically, just as as Riker himself has appeared on every series since Next Generation, except for Discovery. Right? Does that track? He's, uh, he's, he's on Deep Space Nine. Nine. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, Jim, now you have to do some homework. You're going to have to watch yeah, all of these Riker episodes. All right. <laughs> Was he on a Voyager? Guy, unfortunately. 
you are missing out. Uh, <laughs> he was in Voyager because there's the, the episode with the Q that wants to kill itself. He brings in Riker <laughs> to talk about how he helped Riker's ancestor, which is weird because, like, why wouldn't you just bring the ancestor? But they bring, <laughs> yeah. but that's not a guest star. What are you talking about? <laughs> they bring Riker to talk about his ancestor from like the 1900s, so like 500 <laughs> years in the past. But whatever, it's fine. And then in Enterprise, he's there's a holodeck scene. Yeah. In Picard, he's making pizza. And in uh, <laughs> <laughs> making pizza, it's it's a big part of the episode. Uh-huh. And then in Lower Decks, he's the captain of the Titan and does uh, some awesome jazz on the bridge. Yeah, that's, that that took the point I was going to make next. Is my number one why Riker is great is insane cartoon Riker living his best life on the Titan. I don't know if I can still enter that as a separate entity. I I'm going to ask for another entry. All right. Oh, darn. Because I want to spend the next like half an hour talking about that because that is one of like <laughs> the favorite things that's happened to me since the pandemic started is cartoon Captain Riker. But I gotta go with another one, huh? Um I'm gonna go with then with just because Riker half of me wants to phrase this as he's kind of a smart ass, and the other half is that he doesn't bend before authority. And I'm just I'm thinking of the relationship between him and Captain Jellico when Jellico takes over the Enterprise and everybody hates him and he ends up having to send Riker to his room and then he has to go get Riker and like beg his forgiveness and Riker's just stabbing him over and over and over verbally verbally <laughs> but just you know Jellico's trying to make friends it's oh you you play the trombone uh, classical I assume jazz. Just, an, <laughs> just screw you. I'm not playing by your stupid old man captain rules. I'm William Riker. I don't give an F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, although if you watching those episodes again, it's hard not to see Riker as being in the wrong in those moments. Uh, uh, no, I've, I know that you've seen these YouTube videos and now you're a Jellico <laughs> apologist. And that's fine. <laughs> like, apologist. You know, and these things come, and people watch these YouTube videos and they become anti maskers or anti vaxxers <laughs> or Jellico oh apologists. God. And that's it. You're allowed to have your opinion. It's a free country. I really regret letting you do this other entry. We should have just stuck with <laughs> Yeah, too late now. <laughs> all right, all right. We got our Rikers out. You did. All right. You really did get the Rikers out. My gosh. Top five 80s movies. Ooh. Uh, okay, Terminator, right? Was, mm-hmm. That's got to uh, be on there. I feel like I'm going to get... Uh, hurt here, but I'm going to say Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I think that's 89, and and you know I'm sure Raiders would be on other people's lists higher. But really, I, you're going to higher than Raiders? Wow. I really like Last Crusade. It's mm. so much fun to watch. Uh, Raiders is great too. Don't get me wrong. I just mm. Crusade every moment of it is just a joy. And I know it's not. It's probably not perfectly written. I'm sure there's plot holes all over the place. <laughs> But Sean Connery and Harrison Ford are fantastic together. It's a good combo. Mm-hmm. I, I will say the one thing I don't really like about it is the young Indiana Jones bit at the beginning. I could do without that. I'm uh, Rest in peace, River Phoenix or whatever. But the rest of the movie is great. <laughs> nice. How about uh, how about you, Jesse? 
Uh, I'm going to toss in Ghostbusters. I know Graham's the, Graham's the only one on the planet who doesn't like it. I, <laughs> I will not that I don't like it. I just don't love it to the same degree that everyone what? else does. And whenever we bring it up and I get yelled at, it makes me hate it a little more. <laughs> oh, my God. What did Ghostbusters right? do to you? This is it what I have to live with every day of my life. It's a bunch of middle-aged men in jumpsuits. I, 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 they're not. I don't know. They're fine. They're fine. I don't. Oh my it, god! I just. I. I, I yeah. will make the slight concession, saying that I'm going to say specifically the classic Ghostbusters '84. I'm pretty sure Ghostbusters Two. It was either '89 or '90, um, but I'm not. I'm not putting that one on. I like that movie too, but it's not prime Ghostbusters. No. So there's something we can agree on, Grim. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> uh. I know I'm missing stuff, and I know it doesn't hold up as well as I want it to. But the '89 Batman, yeah, '89 right? Batman. You know, it's it, it was one of the biggest movies ever for a reason. You know, I don't think that's yeah. completely out of whack. I think now we're just so spoiled with comic book movies that it feels like a weird choice because you know you look around and right. you're like, oh, we we just spoiled for comic book you know, golden age of TV and movies. But I, yeah, I don't think it's totally out of whack. Okay. Uh, can I do another? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, taking work. Yeah, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Well, it's something you'll you'll agree with, Jess, I think. Empire Strikes Back, right? That's 80s. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Yes, it is. But I feel like I don't classify Star Wars as 80s movies. Again, it's a... <laughs> wow, a t- it's its own category? Is that the... <laughs> kind of, Yeah. I mean, put it this way. What's the bigger 80s, like specifically when you think 80s movies, Empire Strikes Back or Back to the Future? Oh, well, okay. I guess we're talking. Yeah. I mean, like when you classify them that way, right? Like, yeah, Empire Strikes Back is a great movie. but And a bigger movie in terms of box office. For sure. For sure. But when you when somebody says 80s, 80s. movies. Yeah. Whew, well, yeah, it's like there's a bunch of Star Trek movies in the 80s, but you don't when you're looking at like 80s movies that those don't enter the list either, I guess, because they're not set in the 80s. Does that they make don't sense? They feel like 80s movies, yeah. like 80s movies. When you say 80s movies, it has a feeling to it, a certain adventure, a certain like level of effects that it, Star Wars blows it out of the water, but yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't fit that description exactly. Talk, we're talking about more than the time period when we say 80s. It's weird, but it's like uh, James Bond wouldn't fit there either, I don't think. Like, there's so many 80s Bond movies, but they're not. I do 80s think we movies. should do they're top Bond five movies. James Bond movies, yeah. though. All right, so sh- should we call that our. What was that our uh, 80s? Are we done with the 80s? List, then? We got. What, what do we got? Just going back. Back to the Future, um, the Batman. Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, uh, and The Last Crusade. (laughs) He said that grudgingly. And The Last Crusade. Listen, I like The Last Crusade a lot, too. I I think Last (laughs) Crusade versus Raiders, that might be a whole episode on its own. But that is a really good movie, and Sean Connery is hilarious in it. But yeah, I think that was our sixth list. Um, All right, let's move on. Top five Bonds. Top five Bonds, yeah, yeah. I mean... I know based on our previous conversations that that at least two in this list are going to be Daniel Craig ones. Yeah, at least, yeah, yeah, I, mm, yeah. Casino Royale has to be on there. It's it's so great. It's uh, so that's 
uh, a, sort of a reboot origin story of Bond. It's his first double O mission. He's got to play cards against the guy who cries <laughs> blood, and there's love and betrayal. You blood, and this yeah. thing is. Yeah, he gets his balls whacked. You know all the important parts. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. all the highlights and the yeah, lights. that was a good one. Um, ooh, I'm I'm less in I'm less for it than I was a year ago, but I'm still gonna make a pitch for GoldenEye. I still think that is a quintessential Bond movie. I think like it hits every note. The it's it it has aged a little. Some of the effects stand out, like the green screens are not lit properly. They hadn't figured it out yet. I'm not a soundtrack guy, but the soundtrack in that movie is so bad. <laughs> so out. bad, all right. Yeah, yeah, just like brutal nineties synths. <laughs> it is pretty Ugh. synth heavy, but I but I, I liked Trevelyan as a villain. You know, I, I liked Natalia as sure. like the fact that they're like. They had the the ridiculous Bond girl for sure in Xenia on the top, um, but having Natalia be kind of like a regular person <laughs> was fun. That was a neat step. And then they have you know, ridiculous space weapon, cool volcano base, like all the stuff. You, I mean, really, my biggest complaint is that they never really use the car. That's the thing that gets you. They give him a cool car and then they give it to CIA. What's his name to drive it like on camera and off camera and you never blow anything up with it. Otherwise, I think you're getting a lot of bond checked off in GoldenEye. All right. Fair enough. Well, I mean, by those standards, I got to go with uh, Goldfinger because that is where it's the third Bond movie, third Connery. It's the it's where you start to get really over the top villains uh, so many of the tropes that we know from Bond originate the stellar there. theme the song, theme song, yeah, the yeah. opening. Yes, yes. Uh, the ridiculous gadgets, and it's all done so well to to the point where they it became the formula going forward. And it's amazing how quickly the tropes get tired. Like by <laughs> Thunderball, they're already showing their age, but but in in. Goldfinger, they're great, and it's it sets the tone for what every Bond movie after was trying. It's pretty to solid. Hit. All right. Okay. Fair. Fair. Um, I think I'm going to take it back then and do Doctor No. I was going to say um, no one's saying the original film. That's really yeah. harsh, you know. It's. I feel like there might be a little bit of sort of Citizen Kane syndrome in there, where it's like it. it, it no, you know what? I no, I do really like Doctor No. I do think it's it, it is a cool movie. I get that Sean Connery's Bond is a little problematic nowadays, but you have to view it through the lens, you know, of the time in which it originated. Um, Doctor No was like, t- like like there wasn't anything quite like it before, and a lot of stuff a lot like it immediately after. I think Doctor No, I think it's a solid movie, and it gets points for being sort of the kickoff for this sort of thing. All right. And then before I say what I'm going to go with for number five, I got to say two of my, my favorites that mm. are favorites for how out there they are. I, are, I wasn't uh, going to say Moonraker. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Moonraker okay, either. Good. That is, is too far. But uh, Live and Let Die, which is the first uh, Roger Moore bond where he's in it. Most of it takes place in America. It is very problematic, but it's so weird that i enjoy it just for like the head scratchingness of it like why did they decide to do this why and it's it's fun on that level but it it's it was one of the first ones that fell into bond 
doing whatever was popular at the time. So like black exploitation was a real popular trend at the time. So they did Bond does black exploitation <laughs> and it doesn't really work, but it's kind of fun <laughs> to watch a bizarre experiment. And then I guess it's the movie before that is uh, Diamonds Are Forever, which is the last Connery one. He came back after the George Lazenby experiment. And it's also mostly in America in, in Las Vegas. And it's just <laughs> bonkers. It's so out there with weird cloning stuff. And uh, the Bond girls are... are uh, Plenty O'Toole is the... <laughs> is one of the bond girls they they've just got great names and great personalities and are more competent than usual the bond girls tend to be so good all right uh, really enjoy that and just out there but my actual number five is skyfall because that is with the where the craig movies start to inch back towards the formula they introduce q we get really great stuff with with judy dench's m and an introduction of a new m Javier Bardem's villain is great and over the top, yeah, but yeah. there's, there's, you know, the more you think about the plot, the less sense it makes. But if you just are willing to let it take you on the ride, it's taking you on. It's a lot of fun. I, I will accept Skyfall. I do I just want to point out for the record that the scene where they get the super hackers, super laptop, and they decide, okay, let's just plug it directly into our mainframe. That's still infuriating <laughs> to me. I cannot... <laughs> Let myself be taken for that ride. That that I just I I see red. Just I, I tunnel vision. It it bothers me that much. Besides that, yeah, fun movie. I like the Home Alone part. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, sure. All I'll right. accept that. Okay. The, Top five buns. I will say one last thing about that. The the part that almost takes it down a notch for me is knowing that the the housekeeper of Bond's ancestral family home. He's played by Albert Finney in the movie, but the story is that that part was written for Sean Connery. And now when I watch it, all I can see is how great Sean Connery would have been in that part. And I just, it kills me. Ah, fair. Okay. Mm. That's eight Eight lists. lists. We got one more, two more in the tank. I, oh, we got at least a couple. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. Um, top five heist movies. If we're on a movie go here. Uh, Ooh, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind is the Steven Soderbergh Ocean's Eleven. It's all-star cast, just fun, slick, uh, beautiful movie. Great from, from top to bottom. I, I mean, uh, it's probably not the smartest heist movie, but it's it's impossible to dislike, I think. Everyone is just... And this is when... So everyone is, is just so charming. Is that your... Yeah, yeah. I I sort of half expected you to come in and show no, me no, down on no. No, no, I think it's reason. fine. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I jeez, this is kind of a blind spot for me. The like, uh, like uh, I'm thinking of a few movies that are heist movies. Like, like I'm thinking like, oh, I guess Solo is sort of a heist movie, <laughs> but it wasn't a good one. Really? That's um, how deep your 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 pool goes. Is Solo is in your? It's it's not. It, it's a weird mix. I'm trying to think like I like. I, I, what's pop? No, I can't think of movies that are heist movies that I also think mm. are really good. I think it's this one that Graham, you and maybe Jim special guesting oh are going to have to brought me up on this one. I'm thinking now, like there were those magician ones. The no, 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 no. So it's like well, they were kind of like like they were not. No, I'm a, I agree with you. They were not great movies. Like they were heists. Okay. And, had Morgan Freeman in one. Have you ever but, seen The Sting? Uh, do, the Sting is an absolute classic. I have. 
Yes, yes. I have not. That's what's the sting? Redford yeah. Newman, right? Uh, uh, oh man, it was so good, and I don't understand how. I, I mean, again, I'm probably going to get hate mail for this, but I don't understand how of the Redford and Newman pairings, this is considered like second billing to to uh, the name is just escaped me. The oh, Western, which um, hold on, oh, Cat, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yeah, Kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it just depends on what kind of film you like, honestly. I, I don't think it's that. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, you know, Reservoir Dogs. I mean, you know. Is that a heist movie? Yeah, it's a heist movie. It's the, it's aftermath, the aftermath of a heist. heist. Uh, I feel like that's pushing it a little. No, I think it's Fish Called Wanda. Oh, uh, I love good point, Fish right? Called Wanda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do, I mean, we, I, I, I'm going to jump back to the anime. I do think Castle Cagliostro is one of the greatest uh, heist movies of all time. I think it's great. I think it's just absolutely stellar. I'm have you seen the new? Uh, oh, Lupin, Lupin the first. The, the yeah, CG it's pretty one? good. It's pretty good. I wouldn't put it on a top five list, but I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's all right. What about uh, the Mission Impossible movies? Do we count those? Uh, no, movies? I mean those are spy movies. That's that's yeah. the whole genre, right? Like, but half of the time they're yeah, heisting stuff. I don't but, know. I guess it depends on how you slice but it. For spy thriller reasons, you know, like it's. And half the time, it's just because they have the list of other spies, because spy movies don't have a Cold War to do anymore, and they can't find a reason <laughs> to justify having spies. Right, right. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh, Inception. Inception? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it is ice when you get right down to it. Yeah, it's a solid one, too. It's really, really crazy and weird, and they were actually able to make a completely bonkers concept palatable to the general public. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, kind of kind of impressive on its own right. Before we get too far, could give us a little rundown of the sting for for those who don't know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Newman and Redford are like uh, they're con men, uh, basically coming out with their own. It's this multi layered uh, uh, scam that they pull off, where they're trying, they're pulling in a bunch of different people and tricking them all the way along. And at every point, you don't know who's playing who. And I think that's what's so fun about it right up through to the end of it. It's such a, it's such a classic. Yeah. It's super sharp. And, and great performances. And there's a, like one of the things that stands out for me, I've only seen it once, but I did really enjoy it. But there's like a, a part where Newman, you know, Newman is this matinee idol, right? He's this beautiful hunk of meat. Right. But there's, (laughs) all right. (laughs) There's parts in it where he's at least playing this. Like, I think it's part of the scam, but he's playing this, like, sad sack drunk and he does it so well and it's just like i would love to have seen him take more roles where he didn't have to be pretty right right no there's a yeah it's an awesome film all the way around and it's it's one of those films that like you said i think it it doesn't get its due as much got a great theme song too actually it's got this real classic kind of uh, riff too it's fun stuff all right. Did we get five? Have we got five there? I, I think we got at least five, five there. Least five. Um, I, this isn't going to help me at all, but I do want to point just as an honorable mention. I'm trying. I'm, like, I'm just desperate for scraps here, and I in <laughs> no way is this a top anything list. But I want to nominate the 2000 remake of Gone in 60 Seconds, just because it has the balls to try and make you believe that there's sexual tension between Angelina Jolie and Nick Cage. That <laughs> that movie right. is like the, like it's not a great movie, but the fact that they got this cast to do this ridiculous thing—it's bananas. It's worth a watch. Nice. All right, top five villains 
doesn't say what genre movies fiction Ooh, cartoons anything broad broad the strokes top five villains I, yeah can i take point on this i sure sure i gotta say magneto that was the first thing that came to mind magneto is uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for X Men, so that's part of it. But Magneto as a villain has had such an arc. I'm also a sucker for a villain who has a, a face turn. Is that what they call it in wrestling, where he becomes a good guy? Mm-hmm. I like a villain that's conflicted and that you can sympathize with. And Magneto did not start that way. As much as people want to reframe the past, but like over the the Claremont run of X Men, he was made more and more sympathetic, and you got to understand his side of things and why he is the way he is. Such a great villain. Mm-hmm. Okay, but is he as well known as you know Sir Darth Vader, who I think is? Hey, man, it's not about well known. It's not a popularity. I'm just contest. like in terms of villainy, like I think like so, so like look it up in the dictionary. I I have like Darth Vader has got to be the world's most recognizable villain. I mean, and yet Darth Vader was riffed on uh, Doctor Doom, right? So there you go. At least in costume. I, I mean, yeah. loosely. I will say he he's great in Empire. In in A New Hope, he's essentially a thuggish henchman, and <laughs> in Return of the Jedi, he's uh, you know he ends up being an old white guy who's uh, happy for. I his don't son. know the the, th- <laughs> the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Jedi Throne Room. That's that's some primo Star Wars. That's true. He, it, it does have the face turn that I was just uh, you know. Talking and it's about, like so. it takes place over a series of scenes over the course of an like what half an hour in there like the duel mm-hmm. in the shadows and stuff and the your sister this and i can't that like <laughs> uh, that's that's powerful <laughs> stuff your sister this and the can't that and the thing yada yada stuff. yada i just Vader's <laughs> hard to beat but okay you did magneto i did vader what else you got I mean, part of me wants to say Kylo Ren to <laughs> piss off what? Tim Clark. <laughs> I, I'm not going to, but uh, Tim, who's a friend from work, uh, can't stand Kylo Ren. <laughs> I think that's what makes him an interesting villain. The fact that he is but the top uh, five. That's, I know. I know. Yeah. He's not top. Five. Come on. Uh, I don't know. I got to. This is a tough I one. I mean, all right. Well, then here, you while you're any... thinking, I'm going to suggest Khan. That uh, like both in terms of brand recognition and just like the the performance and that fit fit chest. Oh, you Star <laughs> Trek junkies! <laughs> so sorry. Khan is a classic <laughs> villain story done to perfection. Um, and he's the thing with movie villains is is it's hard to get the full arc of the character over one movie. And so to have that starting point from the TV series really helps ground him and make him like believable as a villain. So I, 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 I give you that. Um, it's such a tough one. It's so broad. Uh, I feel like we're going to miss people. Yeah, like, okay. oh, maybe yeah. It's about how broad it is. Like, do we want to say Nestle? <laughs> or Monsanto? <laughs> like that's wow, wow. Marketing, yeah. Like how nice. nice. villain is a you know, a very broad stroke. Like how? Where are we? <laughs> we're gonna keep it confined to geeky stuff. Say, is that, that's what we're we're gonna we'll call it, right? I mean, yeah. I'm gonna say Dracula because uh, I feel like we gotta have some classic credibility yeah. on here, and he's he goes back so long, and he's there's so many different interpretations of him and he's just a cool manipulative 
jerk. I mean, <laughs> sometimes like there, there are just so many different Draculas at this point. There was a point in my childhood where, like, I, I was certain that he shot beams from his eyes because I'd seen that somewhere. Like, like beams, beams, like lasers or something. Like he had Superman oh, heat vision. I thought you said beams. <laughs> he like, shoots beams like from his and beams. And he makes like a delicious like, Transylvanian <laughs> curry. Um, I don't know what's going on here. This is very weird. Nice. It's a chana masala, but like yeah. out of blood. No, um, it just I don't know. I feel like Dracula is, is just such a watered down concept. Like there are cool Draculas, but there are also crappy Draculas. I, well, I think it's like how many other classic villains carry their own franchise. Like no one talks about, uh, I don't know, Keanu Reeves character. Who's the, the name of the character. I don't remember. It's always Dracula. There's very few villains. Wait, are you trying to say Jonathan are, like, Harker? The, Is that yeah. <laughs> the <Thank> other guy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, what the heck is he talking the about? When did Keanu movies. Reeves yeah. play a vampire? What, how did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> but that, my point is, it's like he, Jonathan Harker is the star of the story, right? Or like Mina is the star of the, the story, but Dracula is the real star and, and no one cares about well, the, the book. The, isn't the movie called, ain't called, like, called Harker. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but that's my point. That's my point. It, it's like Dracula is the star and yet he's the villain. How many other villains have that? Okay. Not enough. Clearly. Yeah. All right. All Thank right. You. Dracula. All right. So what do we got? We got Dracula. We got Magneto. We got Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, we at Khan. We need one more. Whew, I don't know that it's going to be a Bond villain. I'm thinking about it, but no, I don't think that's up there. It's got to be. They're too. Geeky. I'm sort of surprised you haven't said Sephiroth. I don't even know. If well, yeah, you don't even know if you're pronouncing it right. Like that's that's a niche entry, you know. That's our whole show. <laughs> you get a little bit, a little bit, you know, nerdy here. I don't know about that. No, I think it's too esoteric, even in terms of like, like if you wanted to say wow. best Final Fantasy villains, maybe that's coming later. Right. Sure, he'd be up there. But I mean, Darren DePaul does a great performance as the bad guy from 15, as Arden. It's like. I, that might even beat him out. It's it, it, listen, none of this is going anywhere. None of this is contributing <laughs> to the lightning round. Uh, if we're thinking geeky stuff like video games, do we want to go with Bowser Koopa? Like that's the one that people are going to recognize. <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to do that, but you're free to it. <laughs> I'm just again in terms of name recognition. I mean, everybody knows that face, right? Uh, how about Lucy Von Pelt from the Charlie Brown comics? <laughs> Her name. There you is that go. their last name? I don't remember her name. I didn't know they had last <laughs> names. It threw me off. I like that Lucy is on the same level as as Magneto. <laughs> I, I think that that's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. We need to wrap it up. We need something <laughs> geeky. You want to call it the Joker? Like, overall? like I was struggling to find someone other than the Joker. But fine. We'll All right. We'll compromise on the Joker <laughs> for number five. I guess. All right. All right. That's ten lists. I, you know, I was okay. I was okay with Lucy. Uh, and now, for the for the number eleventh, for the final one, we'll do here. Top five serial podcasts. A serial podcast. Serial. Um, what am I saying? Serial mascots. <laughs> serial mascots. Serial mascots. Okay. I was really worried you were going to say Jim Zub comics. No. Uh, <laughs> Good, good call. Good call. No, Fuck I will not do that. Kickers. <laughs> yeah. 
I will not be that much of a shit. <laughs> uh, uh, serial mascots? Well, I mean, okay, if we're doing yeah. Dracula, we're going to do Count Chocula. That, just for the brazenness of it, that's like... Yeah. And it's a great cereal, too. I mean, you got to give them credit there. <laughs> it's a great cereal. <laughs> it, it, I mean, nothing... Oh, maybe it's not a great cereal because you inevitably have a sugar crash after you have it. So mm-hmm. it's like not waking you up, really. No, but this is the mascot, not the cereal. See, this yeah, is where this is where all the threads of this come together into like a, a Winter Soldier sort of... Because the first time <laughs> I ever watched The Empire Strikes Back... Where Darth <laughs> Vader reveals that he's Luke's father, I was on my like third bowl of Count Chocula, and oh. the so for one, clearly it was meant to be. All this building up always comes together to this. But man, let me tell you, having that reveal while you're like nine years old and on an incredibly unhealthy sugar high—that is how that moment is meant to be experienced. Let me tell you, that was earth shaking. So good. Oh. Uh, okay, I'm going to say the Sugar Crisp Bear at really? the opposite end of the... End of the really? Well, I, just, I don't like the cereal at all, but that bear was in so many commercials, and, and I always really enjoyed it. He, I mean, I guess... <laughs> I the only reason I've had sugar crisp cereal is because of that bear. Because <laughs> that bear, it's not and even I, good, but I couldn't stop it. That smooth, <laughs> so cool. He's who I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I could get enough, but he was a very catchy song. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Okay. Um, uh, it's uh, I, I almost against my will. I'm going to go with Tony the Tiger. Um, they're great frosted flakes. He's, (laughs) he's especially lately. He's gotten real athletic. He's extreme now. (laughs) He's always like, I I like how that helped push him ahead of the pack. Well, that's what it sounds like. Almost dragged him down. You've been checking out his abs and now you're like, yeah, he's good enough. Now now it's, I almost feel like (laughs) it's sort of like he's trying to, to lean in towards like the Mountain Dew crowd. The like eat this cereal and then do a kickflip off of a helicopter. And I, I like, and that's. I don't think that's ever changed. I think that's always been. Him. I don't know. It seemed a little like back in the day. He was just playing basketball like a regular, well, not person, like an animated tiger. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, it's like he's getting like, like regular animated characters do. Yeah. Now he's just gotten a little crazy, but it's but man, it is hard to forget. Like I like, I mean, fr- it helps that Frosted Flakes are well, they're again sugar cereal, so it's how can you not like it? Like it helps that the cereal mm-hmm. is okay, but Tony the Tiger, like you know who he is, he's hard to tune out. I I'll give you some more points in his favor. The best known voice of Tony the Tiger also did the singing voice in the How the Grinch Stole Christmas special. Yep, and his name is. Thurl Ravencroft. That's yes, a good name. which is what? the coolest name you could possibly give someone. Yeah. Yeah. The only person possibly actually... with a cooler name, there's an animator named Grim Natwick. And that's oh, a badass that's name. <laughs> that's pretty good too. What do, do you think we'd like the cereal better if it was the mascot was Thurl Ravencroft the time? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Slam dunk win right there. <laughs> Thurl Ravencroft. So good. Uh, Is that five? No, that's right. like three. Four. No, that's like three. Yeah, no, you, you, yeah. you don't get to go just yet, Jim. You see, you're, you're still in this for a little bit longer. Nice try. <laughs> Look, the cereal's getting soggy here. Come on. 
Uh, Toucan Sam, we got to go with that. Follow your right? nose. I mean, you you your don't nose. seem confident in your choice. Is there a question marking the end of it? Toucan <laughs> Sam, just, that's a mascot. Like, I, I don't want. I don't want to let people down here. I just. I feel like I'm going to miss a big one. And uh, you already uh, have. Toucan Sam is oh, kind boy. of a one trick the pony toucan. You know, like it's. <laughs> Like, like, Not like that sugar crisp bear. That guy's got death. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm really dragging this list down. I feel like I've I've uh, I've hurt our chances on this one. <laughs> I mean, the sugar crisp bear. I get he's kind of got that smooth voice. You know, he's sort of <laughs> kind of a, like a George Takei. Oh my, sort of thing. Going <laughs> I get that. Wow, but George Takei is going to take over as a sugar crisp bear. That would be uh, that'd be a oh thing. man set course for and flavor. I, <laughs> He'd have to do it live action. I think I, was, I want eighty-year-old George Takei suit, shilling like in Nick Cage's bear suit from that movie with the bees. Right, <laughs> amazing. All right, Jesuits, uh, I, you're number five on this one. I think. Oh, and then Jim gets to tell us who we missed. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I mean, I, I like again, like sort of that name recognition. I kind of want to like. I feel like, is it okay if we don't mention the Keebler elves or whatever? But um, The Keebler elves? They're cookies. They're cookie guys. Who are the guys who do cookie crisp? No, not cookie crisp. You're talking to, oh, cookie crisp is the, the isn't that the. the there was the wizard. little chef. There was the dog and the. No, you're thinking Rice Krispies. The Rice Krispies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so, clearly, it's not them because I can't even figure out who they are. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. So they're blowing it. No, okay. I'm going to go with the Honey Nut Cheerios B. I don't know if he's got a name, but. No, I, I don't know, actually, but that's not a bad choice. I'll let it, I'll let it slide. Yeah. It's brand yeah. recognition. It's a good cereal. And he's been doing like environmental awareness stuff, right? Like they did the Cheerios for a while with no B in the box. It's like, okay. why is there no bee in the box? And they're like, cool, let us draw your attention to these environmental issues that are affecting the bee population and how it like endangers the entire food chain. It's going to lead to an apocalypse. Like He's, he's doing important work, that bee. <laughs> I admire that. All right. All right. Apparently, he was unnamed until the year 2000 when he got the name Busby. Busby huh. is not a great name. It's not awesome. Well, no. Also, an extremely lesser-known Venture Brothers villain, but... <laughs> or, no, I'm sorry. That's Brisby. That was Brisby. That's yeah. no that's, yeah. different list. All right. Yeah, Jim. We you sounded like you were holding one in your back pocket there that we were. I missing. mean, there's two that I'm shocked you missed out on. The Trix Rabbit. I feel like a, is a is a classic. Oh, Trix for kids. I knew you were gonna you were gonna go with him. and but and also like Captain it. Crunch. I feel like Captain Crunch should just destroy the competition. And, and but how? What's up with Captain Crunch? Dude, he's a captain, he's a captain. and he had Put him easily, on a... easily the most unhealthy cereal out of any cereal. <laughs> like that cereal is the most destructive, most sugar laden, most weird. Like e- eating Captain Crunch is an exercise in pain. You get Captain Crunch <laughs> mouth like it's the best, man. Yeah. All right. Well, but Jim, you know how you would have how he would have ended up on our list is if you'd made him the Captain Crunch of the Enterprise. Then, yeah, there you of go. course, yeah, he right? needs a uniform upgrade. I don't know that the like the classic like pirate hunter captain thing. It's awesome. I don't know. Still he's, just, he's got a mustache. Maybe give him a full beard. We can talk. I I don't know. Hey, you talk- mess up the stoggies. Yeah, yeah. You're talking like with regards to the quality of the cereal. Did Corn Pops have a mascot? I, I think it was just a picture of the bowl. Yeah, no. Yeah, 
We don't need a mascot. Those bakers for the cinnamon toast crunch. Those those three chefs running around or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky you from Lucky Charms. Oh my god, we forgot the leprechaun. Yeah. I don't need the. I'm okay with that. That's (laughs) that accent though. It's like. The first accent any kid could do on a schoolyard was an Irish accent because they're lucky. Because they're magically delicious. <laughs> Clearly. That sounds like something that's not PC these days. Something like <laughs> Irish culture. So I don't know how I feel. What people, what, what leprechauns? Yeah. I, I think I, there's I, a I, lot worse things you could say in terms of stereotypes. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, just, no. I'm just saying, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, all the kids learn to be Irish because of the cereal. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think, you know, the the fighting Irish is probably a little more offensive. Oh, sure. Yeah. You want to go into like, you know, exactly. You want to go over the sports (laughs) teams. There's another top five list. Top five offensive sports teams. We can hit that one. Let's (laughs) not. Everybody (laughs) off. Right. All right. I think we have covered some fertile ground. I don't know that uh, we have changed any minds. You know, some people still think Ghostbusters are just okay, but <laughs> regardless, I might I stand alone on that. I eh? you really you do. do, unfortunately. <laughs> you're just you're just out in the weeds on that one, just clutching yeah. on to the Last Crusade. I don't know, man. It's like it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. It's whatever. It's the fine. It's fine. Is what is weird. Yeah. In a few more years, we can do a top five Indiana Jones movies. And, well, the, and really, oh, I no, hate that. Don't do that. I hate no. that you just said that. Yeah, that, I do too. Actually, that's, uh, uh, I, I threw up in my mouth a little. Yeah. No, we'll have to do top five uh, young Indiana Jones episodes. Go rewatch those. Yeah, there you go. Or watch. I think the only young Indiana Jones stuff I, I I've seen are is the like the framing narrative from the one episode that Harrison Ford was in. Oh wow! All right then. Well, anyways, is it, is it a good show? Does it hold up? I don't. Are you, are you I don't it? recall. I don't remember no. if it was any good. I I doubt it. If uh, if it doesn't have <laughs> indelible memories upon me, I doubt that it's that strong. So, you know, now we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go back through your own archives, and you're gonna have to pick what is the best, the five geek top five episodes. Ooh. Are you? Is that a legitimate final question? Fi- this is your final question. I think, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, the, there's been at least five Jim Zub episodes. Oh I think my that's gosh! The- wow, kissing up. <laughs> nice job. I like it. Woo. All right, all right. Yeah, you got a little something brown on your nose there. That was, uh, <laughs> impressive, impressive. Uh yeah. Well, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to we always have guests or almost always have guests i don't want to make people feel left out or anything but but you must choose yeah oh geez uh, <laughs> all right well we had uh, I, a recent one that really stands out for me was the when we had the the gentleman uh, andrew uh demand from uh saint jerome's college uh come on and talk about the chris claremont x-men run i enjoyed the heck out of that and i think it was a very good episode important note dr andrew demand phd yes. was a doctorate in chris claremont which is sorry, sorry. like that is amazing <laughs> um, a doctorate in claremont yeah living nice. the dream if yeah. you're still listening to the show thanks for coming on again dr demand I think we could call him Andrew. He was on our podcast. Thanks for coming on, sure. Andrew. That was a great episode. <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> uh, All right. Keep going. Um, okay. 
We, uh, all of our draft episodes are really good. And if you're listening to the show, you absolutely should listen to all of them. But I mean, the, I feel like the Star Trek draft was probably the most passionate. There were a lot <laughs> of people who were there who were at really strong feelings about their picks. Um, and that makes really entertaining listening. Uh, so for sure, check out our Star Trek draft. I'll check out all our drafts, but the Star Trek yeah. one is great. The I mean, I'm going to lump them in together. We only have the three, but the X-Men draft with Mr. Zub here was, was also really good. It was and good fun. Had probably the best pitches of stories that we've ever had to end off a, a draft episode. Uh, I still feel like my contribution to that episode was lacking, and I take that. I'm going to take that to my grave because X-Men <laughs> is such a passion of mine, and I really think mine came out on the the lower end of like I was fifth out of five on that one. And that's, it's painful, painful memory. I didn't know you felt uh, that way. Do you need a hug? Uh, always. <laughs> uh, I also, I think our, our hot takes episode was, was very well received and, and good. And I know that sounds kind of uh, like, it, it sounds like a lame premise or like a, a, played out premise but yeah i think the we, phrasing we, we use was more along the lines of like jesse and graham's secret geek shames right <laughs> yeah yes. where we learned that like i have never seen an episode of doctor who and where that you hate all fantasy like like <laughs> oh not they don't say that in front of them <laughs> oh oh really you hate all fantasy please carry on <laughs> that would oh. yeah that's an interesting one to listen to <laughs> We surprised each other with that one. Is the Make sure you send me that episode. I need uh, lots of uh, black. You can find it online out. now at geektop5.com or facebook.com slash geektop5. Be sure so to check what's it wrong out. With, what's wrong with fantasy there, Graham? I'm all fascinated oh now. <laughs> I, I, Tune into I the just, episode to find out. The, the Coles Notes version is I just find magic stuff hard mm. to swallow. Not like that realistic science fiction, right? <laughs> Look, and I even say in the episode that is a fair point. I just find that when you're doing sci-fi, I just I love like, the excruciating sound of your voice as you're squirming. <laughs> is uh, is worth all the all the all of it? I'm, I'm having a blast. Keep going. Yes, sorry. Oh God, I just feel like there there has to be a more grounding with oh, the sci-fi yes. stuff, or at least an illusion of, of maturity. Grounding. To your to your Star Treks is that the way? I'll just shut up. I'll just sit in the corner now. I'm not here ah. for these Lords of the Rings. I look at far more, far more impressive and thoughtful science. Look, fiction. I'm with Lord of the Rings until the Ghost Army comes to save the day, <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't, I can't handle this, guys. I'm tapping out. Okay, well, take it back to the uh, the hollow deck, the nice and realistic <laughs> uh, hollow deck. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, I will. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we've covered all sorts of impressive things here. How many? We got yeah. three on the top five before I just yeah, we, squeezed until the blood came out on that one. We need two good. more of our best Geek Top Five episodes of the first hundred episodes. Um, I, I, the bonus episodes where we do the Super Nintendo uh, things, like what the best Super Nintendo games. That I yeah, those. To it in a while. If you haven't There's listened to those fun. yet, folks, check out uh, before. Like, 
Oh, that was around like episode 30 or so, I think. It was 2017, uh, early on in our career. And it this was right when Graham's kid was born. So we were in the off season for newborn rearing. Um, and we had all this unused recording oh, of what was going to be a top five Super Nintendo games episode, but just turned into Graham and myself and two of our guests, uh, John Steven and Shaggy Shanahan, just getting loaded and yelling at each other for their horrible taste in Nintendo games. And I basically put that up there as like bonus content to fill the time. And it's pretty wild. You can still find it on there. Um, SNES bonus episode one, uh, part one and part two. It's that's worth a listen to. Those are fun. Nice. Uh, okay. And as a fifth one, I, who, oh boy, it's, it's pretty recent, so I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say what kind of an impact it had. But if you hadn't listened to it yet, we're only a couple weeks past our Dungeons and Dragons roundtable, our D and D with D and D and D. Besides the fact that that's one of my favorite things in the world, just to say out loud, that episode, I think it's. I've always struggled with how to explain Dungeons and Dragons to people who aren't into it. Like it's either you're into it or you're out of it. And I think that episode is equal parts useful information and just five people just sharing stories of why it's important to them and what it means and the impact it can have. I think that's a really powerful episode. I think that's an hour and like what, 15 minutes of your time really well spent. That's our, our rebooted episode number 48, just a couple before this one. I think that's a great one to listen to if you haven't. Do you think it would be stronger if it was science fiction instead of fantasy though? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, nebulas and neutrons, 5e. Yeah, yeah. all right. (laughs) Well, now that I have um, embarrassed you, discovered your dark secrets and shames, uh, I bid you well, gentlemen, on these hundred episodes that you have um, decimated across these digital airwaves. I hope uh, uh, your, your listenership continues to grow. I hope people really enjoy... Uh, finding out all of your very correct and sometimes very, very wrong opinions on all these things. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear more down the road. Uh, thank you so much, Jim. And we hope you'll come back every once in a while to say, hey, uh, always a blast having you on the show. Um, this may not be the kind of stuff you don't directly tie to you, but is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Where can folks find your stuff besides like, you know, all over their local comic book shops if they well, can get to them? If you want to slum it around with some fantasy comics, I recommend <laughs> Conan the Barbarian and Dungeons and Dragons. Probably uh, what I'm known best for is my sword and sorcery comics. So make sure you check it on those and try them out. I really like supernatural magic in particular is a favorite trope that I love to play into all of my stories and um, magic superheroes. Magic is a really beautiful and wonderful thing that, uh, you know, we can create poignant stories around, but don't let me uh, bias you in any sort of way. (laughs) I'm I'm never going to forgive you for this, Jesse. It's uh, listen, you put it on the airwaves, man. He was going to find it eventually. 
All right. But other than that, nothing. Just just slumming around. You can find out what I'm up to at jimsub.com, along with tutorials on how to write comics, how to break into the industry, and how to pitch those terrible, terrible sword and sorcery stories of your own. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jim. Uh, While we're giving out thanks, always want to mention our musician-in-chief, Jamie Reum, the guy behind our theme song. Reum is spelled R-E-A-U-M-E. You can find him at Jamie Reum Official and Jamie underscore Reum on YouTube and Instagram, respectively. And finally, thank you. 100 episodes. Uh, wouldn't be able to do this without your support and your comments and your feedback. Um, we have done entire episodes based on things that you requested. Uh, we're going to continue to tailor this just to you in the future. Would love to hear from you. Graham, how can they get that stuff to us? You can email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5, and we're on Twitter at geektop5, and that's where we got all the suggestions for this episode. Extra special thanks to the people who sent those in. Richard, John, Dave, Dev, Mark, Charles, Doug, Brad, Kawhi, Dan, Afshan, Zinni, Tom, uh, John K. So many from John K. And and that thank you all of you for all of your help with this this episode literally couldn't have happened without your suggestions. One hundred episodes of Geek Top Five. One day it'll be a national holiday. But for now, if you haven't heard them all, go ahead on back. Start it again. We've got more coming, but there's plenty to listen to. And in the meantime, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And here at Geek Top 5, we are continuing into the three-digit episode number era. We'll talk to you again next week. I, your magic is always great, Jim. I just, for the record, I just... I... <laughs> oh, my oh, Graham, no. it's too late now. <laughs> It's all gone. All right, I'm going to stop recording. I understand. 100th episode. I don't need your fantasy women. Oh, you're so stolid. You weren't like that before the beard. Kill! All right.